Hello, welcome to York Street. We hope that this sermon will be an inspiring and impactful one, just what you need at this time. For any of our sermon-based studies, please head to our website at www.yorkstreet.com.au. So grab a cuppa, grab your notebook, whatever you need, and we hope that you enjoy the sermon. How are we doing this morning, guys? Good. Who's enjoyed the uh, holidays, the break? Yep. Yeah. Who's been working on their tan? <laughs> Anybody? I have. Okay, there you go. I don't know about you, but uh, it didn't seem like there was too much of a summer. Quite, oh, anyway, we're on, in, in Melbourne. There was, um, we're at Phillip Island. There's just so much rain and things like that. So it's glad, I'm glad to see a bit of sun out. However, I keep forgetting that it's a bit colder here than where I'm from, so I should have brought a jumper. I'm a bit, bit cold, but hopefully this sermon heats up. It's going to heat you up as well. Hey, it's such a pleasure to be able to preach with you this morning. Um, this morning I have a word in my heart. Um, oh, also, I should just say I've inv- uh, I'm with my wife and two kids here this morning as well um, that have joined us, which is great. Um, we, we as a family have actually called to Cambodia to plant churches. And the message that I have for you is not necessarily just about us or telling, telling you guys about what we're doing, but really it's a message for the whole church. Now, Lord, and we'll speak about it a bit later in this sermon, but the Lord spoke to Christy and I, to our hearts, about one and a half years ago and said that you are to go to Cambodia and plant churches for now is the right time for missionaries to be sent to a place where 98% of people are under darkness. They have futility of mind, as Ephesians says, we'll look at in a second who are trapped under a religion that, is, that we believe is not a true religion, a religion that is uh, full of darkness, I would say. And I'm not trying to offend, but I'm just, I'm just saying it like it is, according to the Word of God. And we're called to a nation who are encaptured by the enemy to bring the light of the gospel to set them free. And this is our mission, this is our place in the body of Christ. And the message that I have for you guys today, and again, we'll speak about that, uh, just our call a little bit later, is that... I believe that God wants you to find your place in the body of Christ. I speak to so many young people, and one of the common themes that usually comes up when they, when they say to me, hey Ben, can I have a quick chat? Oh, my stomach kind of sinks a little bit every time they say that. Can I have a quick chat? I'm like, oh, okay, what's it about now? And a lot of young people sit me down and I stare them straight in the face and they say things like this. I'm just not satisfied with church. The preaching needs to be better. The worship needs to be better. The seats need to be better. They need to be more comfy. The carpet colour. I'm annoyed. I'm just not fulfilled. I'm not filled. I just don't think this church is good enough. I think I'm going to go somewhere else. And ask them this question. Are you sure that your dissatisfaction is coming from the church? Because where I go to church in this church here, it's pretty good. I get a chance to travel to a lot of churches, to hear a lot of preaching. And I'm telling you right now, you guys are getting some pretty good stuff. The church that I'm from is getting some pretty good stuff as well. So where are you going to go where this dissatisfaction is going to all of a sudden be fulfilled? And this is the thing that I say to them. I say to them this. I don't actually think your dissatisfaction is with the church. I think God is showing you that dissatisfaction that you're having He's showing you and inviting you to find your place in the body of Christ. 
What did Jesus say when he was talking to the woman at the well and his disciples came to him and said, have you had anything to eat? He says, my bread, my food is to do the will of the Father. Where are you this morning? Are you dissatisfied? Do you feel a little bit stuck? Do you feel like you're just sort of going through the motions? You're coming in church, listening to a sermon, worshipping, then going back home, forgetting what the sermon was about. I can almost guarantee you'll probably forget this sermon by Tuesday. Hopefully not. I'll try to make it interesting. Is your life about chasing after the things that Jesus talks about, the Gentiles chase after? Your house, the job, the career, which are all good things, by the way. I will say this, however. They're not good if they're not placed under the mission the kingdom. Is your life about getting up every single morning to pay your bills, even though that needs to happen? Is your life about getting the next best car, the next best house, trying to impress people who don't really care, but to you, it's really important? My friends, I am pleading with you and I'm urging with you this morning to please consider that God has a place for you in the body of Christ under one call and one mission. That is to make disciples in this community, in this town, in this nation, and the whole world. I'm not a prophet or a son of a prophet, but I can tell you right now that we are closer now to Jesus coming back than we were last week. He's coming back for a bride and he's coming back for a harvest. And I'm telling you right now that the Lord is expecting millions and billions of people to be ushered into the kingdom, but it's going to take more than one preacher. It's going to take more than just some missionaries. It's going to take more than some people who are called to pastor a church. It's going to take every single person in the body of Christ to rise up, take their place in the body of Christ, and to enter into ministry. See, the thing is, a lot of people say to me, Ben, I'm not called to ministry. And I say to them, what Bible are you reading? In Ephesians 4, it says that apostle, prophet, pastor, teacher, and evangelist are meant to equip you for the work of ministry. Everyone is called to ministry. So I want to just go through a little bit of biblical wisdom from the book of Ephesians and Joshua as well. Just to understand and to get a bit of an insight and to, to lock Paul, ask God for a spirit of wisdom and revelation that our eyes of our heart might be opened to the hope that God has called us to. If you could get just a revelation and a glimpse of who you are and what you're called to, you will never be satisfied with anything else again. If you've got your Bibles with you, let's actually start with Joshua, and we'll float between Joshua and Ephesians. Is that okay, guys? Who's got a physical copy of the Bible? All the young people. This thing, eh? That's okay. God still accepts that as well. Now, the reason why I want to float between Joshua and Ephesians, because there's two books in the Bible that primarily deal with inheritance. One book is Ephesians, and the other book is Joshua. And if you know anything about the story of Israel, they've been spent 40 years in the desert, wandering around, being fed with manna. All they see is desert. They were guided by the flame of fire and the cloud. Their clothes did not wear out. 
But now they're coming to a stage where they're about to inherit what God has promised them. So in Joshua 1.11, if you've got your Bibles with you, read along with me. Actually, you can probably start at verse 10. It says, And Joshua commanded the officers of the people, pass through the midst of the camp and command the people, prepare your provisions. For within three days you are to pass over this Jordan to go in to take possession of the land that the Lord God is giving you to possess. These are people for 400 years were in slavery and captivity. Day in, day out. Futile work. Having no choice, having no hope, and having no vision. Now, actually, that was a previous generation. That whole generation died out, and this generation, who were their fathers and mothers, were in the desert, walking around in circles, which was about a two-week journey, but ended up being about a 40-year journey. That's what it's like when you drive with me and I don't have Navman on. My, my wife knows that. And they had held on to a promise that God had for them. You are about to enter into a land, something that your forefathers never had for centuries, that I'm going to give to you. And this land is filled with milk and honey. It has houses that you did not build. It has vineyards that you did not plant. And for the first time, you're going to eat something different than manna. And you're about to step into this. And the Lord's will was that you would possess the land that he has for you. Do you know that you, just like the Israelites, have a place, have a land that God has for you? Do you know that you have a place in the body of Christ that God has prepared for you? If you've got your Bibles, let's jump to Ephesians. Ephesians 1.3 says this, Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us in Christ with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places. Part of this blessing that God has blessed you with... Now, you can imagine any blessing that you could ask from God, God has already given it to you. Every blessing that was in the book of Deuteronomy, every single blessing that God has through the Bible, he's already given it to you in Christ. And part of the blessing is a blessing of finding your place, your, the place that you belong in the body of Christ. See, when you believe in Jesus, it says here in Ephesians, Ephesians 2.10, For we are his workmanship created in Christ Jesus for good works, that he prepared beforehand that you should walk in it. When you came to Jesus Christ and you said yes to him and you accepted him as your Lord and Savior, something happened within you. In Romans 6, it says we were dead. We were born dead to God under Adam. But the second Adam, Jesus came. And in John 10.10, uh, 10, he says, I have come to give you life and life more abundantly. So when you put your faith in him, that dead spirit that you had to God, before you came to Jesus, before, the things, before all the things that happened before you came to Jesus, the things that you went through, the things that you believed, when you put your faith in Jesus Christ, all of a sudden that faith made your spirit come alive. This is where Jesus said to Nicodemus, unless you are born again, you cannot have or see the kingdom of God. And Nicodemus, who was a leader of, let's say, the church or the leader of, that, of Israel at that time, said, how can these things be? How am I meant to be born again? I cannot 
be where I was before in my mother. How can, I, how can I be born again? And Jesus says to him, looks him in the eyes and says, you're a leader and you don't understand these things? My friend, the fundamental truth of Christianity is you have become alive again in your spirit. And this spirit cries out to God. And the Holy Spirit testifies to your spirit that you are sons and daughters of God. Now, if you are a son and daughter of God, it means you have an inheritance. You know, sometimes when you're worshipping and you're praying, and you're spending time with the Lord, this happens to me particularly when I worship. I spend time with the Lord, and all of a sudden, I just see what God wants for my life. Now, I was a sparky before I came into doing preaching and, and working with the church. And I had my own electrical business. And I remember we would come to church, and people would always invite me to preach and teach the Word of God. And I always said, no, I, I don't want to do it. I've had pastors in my family. I've had pastors in my family line. And I just didn't want that. Personally, I wanted to become a millionaire. Does anyone resonate with me at all? Okay. And the best way to do that is through business, not becoming a pastor. I'd run away from my call for so long. But how am I going to run away from the things that God has put inside my own spirit? And I'd be worshipping and I'd see myself preaching just like this in front of people, opening up the word of God, almost like baking in an oven bread and then handing it to people to feed. And then I'd be like, no, 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 it's not me, it's not me, it's not me. And I'd go try and be a businessman, which God never called me to be. Maybe you, but not me. The frustration and futility that I felt doing that was insurmountable. So where mornings I'd wake up and the first noise that I make is just a grunt that I have to get up and do what I'm doing. God had called me for years, and I'd say probably like about 10 years, to start moving into the place that he has for the body of Christ for me. And every single time I worshipped, every single time I prayed, when I read the word, all of a sudden these things would be bubbling up in my spirit. Why? Because I have been created in Christ Jesus for good works that he prepared beforehand that I should walk in it. My spiritual maturity stagnated until I started occupying my place in the body of Christ. And what's true for me will be true for you too. Do you guys still love me? Like, are you, are you okay? Okay. Ephesians 4, 7 to 16. Paul says, When he ascended on high, sorry, I'll, I'll go back. There's one body and one spirit just as you were called, and one hope that belongs to your call. Paul, earlier on in Ephesians, says that your eyes might be open to that hope, which is your call. Guys, we need to get a vision of what God is doing on earth today. And that doesn't come just by making it up or having beautiful pictures. It actually comes by you asking the Holy Spirit, can you open up the eyes of my heart to see what you're actually doing? And when he opens up your heart to see what he's actually doing, you'll see that God's heart yearns for people across the nations to be ushered into the kingdom of God. That person in your workplace that you don't like, God wants that person to be a child of God. 
the nations that you that you like, oh, I never will go there. God wants those people to be ushered into the kingdom of God. And Paul prays that the eyes of your heart might be open to that. But it says this, one Lord, one faith, one baptism, one God and Father of all, who is over all and through all and in all. But grace was given to each one of us according to the measure of Christ's gift. Now, later on in that passage, it says this. We are to grow up in every way into him who is the head, into Christ, from whom the whole body joined and held together by every joint which, is, which it is equipped. When each part is working properly, everyone say this, properly. When each part, when each of you are working properly in the body of Christ, it makes the body grow so that it builds itself up in love. Jesus Christ is coming for a bride who has grown up and mature. And according to this passage, the bride of Christ will never be mature until you work properly in your place in the body of Christ. Now, in Ephesians, there's apostles, prophets, pastors, teachers, and evangelists. In Corinthians, there's works of, words of wisdom, words of prophecy. There's, there's healings, there's mercy. In, in Romans, there's leadership, giving, ministry of helps entrepreneurs who are meant to go out and start businesses for the main purpose of supporting kingdom work. What is your call? What are you called to? What are you meant to grow up into? What are you meant to step into? Now, you may be hearing this and you may be thinking, well, that's all well and good, Ben, but I don't actually know uh, what it is and how do I actually get there? So I want to spend the rest of this sermon just to show you some wisdom out of Ephesians and how you can go from where you are to where God wants you to be. Is that okay? Okay, the first thing is this. What is your faith? It's a weird question. What's your faith? What do you have faith for? In the book of Ephesians, one of the other prayers of Paul is it says, God can do far more abundantly beyond you, could, beyond you can ask, imagine, or think according to, which is like an equal sign, The power that works within you. What is the power that works within you? Let me put it this way. When I was a Sparky, I used to work with so many people and they used to tell me what they're going to do, how how they're going to build their business, how big it's going to get. And I used to sit there hearing these stories through Smoko and lunchtime. And I I just thought to myself, I have absolutely no vision for what these guys have. In fact, what they're talking about right now makes me want to crawl in the corner in a fetal position and cry. It's too much pressure. And the Lord showed me, even though I was trying to run hard towards it, that you don't actually have faith for that. Why? Because you're not called to it. However, if someone was to tell me you are going to create a church planting missionary organization, I could think as big as you want. Why? Because he has put a power inside of me, which is a grace that comes with faith. Paul says, the life that I live, I do not live on my own terms, but the faith in Christ Jesus. The way that Paul accomplished his call in the body of Christ was that God had put a faith for him to do that. Paul was not a mega businessman, even though he had a tent-making business. He was called to be an apostle, and it was specific, firstly to the Gentiles, then to the kings, and then to the Jews. And every single time Paul got that around, because he always wanted to go to the Jews, things would just not go right for Paul. 
He was given faith and ability and grace to go to the Gentile world and preach the gospel. What has God given you faith for? When you pray and you worship, what can you believe for? You know, in Romans 12, it talks about, if you you want to jump there as well, come with me to Romans 12. Three to five. Paul says you are a part of the body of Christ and in, your, in the, this part of the body that you have, you have grace and you have a faith to accomplish it. It is God's power to accomplish things. A lot of people think that when God calls you to something that you can actually do it just by your natural ability. Where have you ever seen that in scripture? What, what kind of class did Moses go to to part the sea? And what about Peter? What kind of walking class or CrossFit did he go to to walk on water? Whatever God calls you to, it's going to take faith. And you need to recognize the type of faith that God has given you. If you've got your Bibles, yeah, let's open to Romans 12, 3 to 5. It says this. For by the grace given to me, that grace was Paul's apostolic grace, I say to everyone among you not to think of himself more highly than he ought to think, but to think with sober judgment, each according to the measure of faith that God has assigned. I'll say that again. Each according to the measure of faith that God has assigned. A lot of times we read this scripture and we see it through a lens of, okay, uh, Bree's got like a tenfold faith, but I've only got a twofold faith. That's just what's been assigned to me. Um, Anthony has got a 12.5 times faith. (laughs) And maybe if I'm lucky, I can probably get about 3.5 if I work hard. That's not what Paul's talking about at all. My thumb has no more faith than my little finger. However, if my thumb tried to be my little finger, it wouldn't do a better job. My liver does not have as much faith as my eyes. But how many know it would be weird if I had two big things on my head trying to speak to you? When Paul says, what is that faith? Don't think more highly of yourself. Meaning this, if God's given you a particular slice in the body of Christ, don't try to cover what other people are doing. Be you. He's given you that faith for that reason. Be you. You don't need to be another Ben Kumar. Who would want to be another Ben Kumar? God doesn't need another one of me. He needs you. It's like a slice of a pie. And God apportions to everyone a place in the body of Christ at your peace. And, the, and you are meant to take possession of that. That faith will guide you and allow you to accomplish the things that God wants you to accomplish in the body of Christ. Not every single person here is called to Cambodia. You know, when I stepped off as a young adults pastor, I knew that the Lord wanted me to do church planting. But for nine months, I was hitting my head against a wall. Because we were get, I got a board together. We were getting people around Melbourne. I was getting church planters in Melbourne. We were going to start an organization. But nothing happened. And I said to the Lord, you asked me to step down as a young adults pastor and and you want me to be a church planter and I'm doing it, Lord. What's the problem? And for nine months, we sought the Lord, didn't we? We sought the Lord going, why is it not working? I was happy as a young adults pastor. Drink coffee and talk to people. That's all it is, right? (laughs) I wish. 
And the Lord said to me in, in September 2022, after I'd seek, I sought him for nine months in my office, and I said to the Lord, you know that we lay everything down for you. You know that we've given up everything. I could have tried to go on for an illustrious career, got the house, got the, everything, but we are following you, Lord, you know, like that, almost having a pity party for myself, right? And the Lord spoke to me in September 2022 very clearly in my office and said, you ought to go to Cambodia and plant churches. And my answer was, no. <laughs> but it took me 15 minutes to consider with the Lord and surrender. I said, if you want me to do this, then you've given me the faith to do this. You see, whatever the Lord is calling you to, he supplies you with the faith to do it. You're not going to get out of Christianity without using faith. I'm sorry, guys, it's just not a reality. He's going to tell you to walk on water. He's going to tell you to walk through water. He's going to tell you to jump into that, that furnace. And it's going to take faith for you to accomplish that. But there was only, there's one issue, though, that happened. In Joshua 6, when they crossed over the Jordan and they're going to occupy their place, Christy and I have agreed with God that we are going to occupy our place in the body of Christ. In Joshua 6, what's the first thing that they saw? They saw Jericho. A lot of people think that when you find your place in the body of Christ, everything is just going to be awesome. The wars are going to finish. Finally, I get to relax. My friends, that's where the wars start. Paul gives us a clue here and how to move when you have said to God and you've surrendered to him. He gives us a clue here and how to move from where you are to where God wants you to be. And he says this in Ephesians uh, 4.17-24. Paul says, and you can turn there if you like, um, you don't have to. Paul says, we are to no longer walk in the fertility of our minds just like the Gentiles did. But we are to be renewed in the spirit of our minds. Do you know what happened when God asked us to go to Cambodia? Firstly, it was excitement. After the initial no, it was an excitement. But I started to realise something. That God had to start to get rid of Jericho's in my own mind for me to possess that place. You see, this, this thing of understanding the Lord is sovereign, we think that just because God has called us something that's automatically going to happen, that couldn't be further from the truth. You have to go to war. And you have to go to war to the things in your own mind, the stronghold. Jericho was a stronghold, it was a city. Massive tall bricks. And there are things that have been set up in my mind that's going to prohibit me from entering into the things that God wants for me. And he's continuously touching on it, continuously touching on my Jerichos. Do you know, it's interesting when Paul in Ephesians talks about these things, he actually starts to bring up two places where these strongholds get exposed. The first one is this, your workplace. If you want to know if you have when I say strongholds, I mean belief systems 
that are set up against God's knowledge that are going to keep you out from where he wants you to be. That's what I'm talking about. I'm not talking about demonic strongholds. I'm not talking about... It's things that the, that the enemy has put into your mind to make sure that you don't inherit the things that God has for you. The number one place would be workplace because you're there most of your time. Now, it's easy for me to come to church and pretend to you guys how awesome and holy a person I am. But unfortunately, uh, my workplace will show who I actually am because I can't pretend for eight hours a day, five days a week, for 340 days, whatever it is, per year. And so Paul talks about how do you actually start operating in your workplace to get rid of these things that are in your mind and heart. The second place, and probably the the, the place where it's most obvious the things that you have in your heart and the Jerichos that you have in your heart is your family. I could tell you all day how great a husband I am and father I am, but they're sitting right there. The Jericho that was in my heart that God confronted, which displayed itself so clearly in my family life, was the fear of provision and money. How are we going to get to Cambodia? I mean, I had a business, Lord, and I don't have one anymore, and I have no idea how we're going to get to Cambodia, and I've got two kids who need to be fed, like every day. (laughs) I have a wife. I can't do this. And for one and a half years, the Lord taught me, out of his word, how he will provide for me. For one and a half years, brick by brick, the Lord was dismantling. In Corinthians, it says this, for the weapons of our warfare are powerful to tear down the strongholds that have set itself up against the knowledge of God. That was a stronghold for me. And for one and a half years, through the word, through renewing the spirit of my mind, through renewing my mind, as as Paul says, do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. For one and a half years, the Lord showed me what my calling was in the word, how he will provide me, and what I'm meant to do. This thing is powerful. You need to meditate on it. Joshua 1.8, before he actually got into the promised land, what did the Lord tell him? Meditate on the word both day and night. Don't let it leave your mouth. For then, when you obey, you will be successful. God wants you to be saturated in his word. Because every single person here, before we came to Jesus, we we had futility in our minds. And we had strongholds. And we had belief systems that God wants to tear down. And he's been asking you and pointing things out. And I'm not saying you need to be sinlessly perfect. But he's been pointing things out in your life. And you're like brushing it under the rug. You're, I'll get to it to a later date. And the Lord's saying, we need to deal with this so you can move into what God has called you to. What is it? Is it like me? A fear of lack? Is it that you're not qualified? Is it that your family will hate you or your friends will reject you? What is it that has set itself up as a stronghold in your mind against the knowledge of God? Because let me tell you, when the Spirit of God uses the word of God, which is the weapons of our warfare. If you go to Ephesians 6, Paul starts talking about warfare. The interesting thing about the, Ephesians 6 is there's only one weapon, the rest is armor. The helmet of salvation, the breastplate of righteousness, the, the, the belt of truth, they're all armor. 
But the sword of the Spirit is the weapon that you have. And this sword of the Spirit can tear down anything that's keeping you from your place in the body of Christ. Renew your minds. Get into the Word. Allow God through His Word to to get rid of every single lie. You cannot afford to have anything in your mind that is not in the Word of God. Allow Him to renew you and you will see clearer and clearer what your place in the body of Christ is. Because it may not make sense now, but it will. I promise you. Just read. Hear. Listen to sermons. Allow people to speak it over you. We are no longer to walk in the futility of our minds like the Gentiles do. Chasing after all the things like the Gentiles do. We are Gentiles, but you know what I mean. We're not meant to be chasing after the things that God can provide for you easily. Your car, your house. These are things that will be added unto you. Seek first the kingdom of God. He has a place for you. Is it okay if I pray for you guys just to finish up? Why don't we raise, why don't we stand to our feet? Father, it is going to take the whole church to occupy the place that you have for them under the one call to go and make disciples. Whether it's blue collar, white collar, whether people are studying, whether people are called to be missionaries across the world or to be missionaries in their local area, you have a plan and you have a place in the body of Christ. You have gifted each and every single person here with grace. You've gifted each and every single person here with faith. And the Holy Spirit is with us. Wherever we go, you are with us. And I just pray for those who have been battling to find their place in the body of Christ or pushing you away. I just want to give an invitation now. All eyes are closed. If you've been battling with God, if you have been saying no to God, and if you've been running away like I had for so many years, I want to give you this opportunity just to surrender your life to God and say, you know what, I'm going to take my place in the body of Christ. If that's you, feel free to raise your hands. No one else is looking, and I'll pray for you. Thank you. This is just between you and God. Father, you see these hands of people who want to lay their life down for you to find that grace and to find that place. And I just thank you, Holy Spirit, that right now that you would give them a vision of what you have for them, the promised land filled with milk and honey. And as I move towards you, Lord, I just thank you that you are opening up doors, destroying the strongholds that are in their mind, that futility of mind that we have, and renewing it according to your scripture. That they may see clearly what you've called them to. I just thank you, Lord, that people are moving in to your kingdom and that you are, you are coming back for a great harvest. In your precious name we pray. Amen. Thank you, guys. If you would like prayer or to find our seven-based studies, please head to our website or check the description below for a link. If you enjoyed the video, feel free to share the video, like, subscribe, and hit the bell icon for updates of when we release new videos. Remember, life can be tough, so let's do it together.